Okay, then let's get started. Welcome everyone to a fine Sunday afternoon in Second Life. Everybody get yourself comfortable both here in virtual world and at home. I'd say that it's equally important that you're focused at home. It's more important that you're focused at home than that you're focused here. If your avatar here is shifting and shuffling, that's not really a problem. But at home you should try to, if you can while you're watching this, try to settle yourself down. Turn Facebook off. Set yourself to busy if it helps. And uh, I'm just going to talk for a little while and then if anyone has any questions, I'm happy to answer them. So the topic I'd like to talk about today has to do with the, the very core of the Buddha's teaching. No use beating around the bush and no use giving complicated roundabout or um, exotic teachings. Let's cut right to the chase. No? When people, when we talk about the core of Buddhism, we always think of the Four Noble Truths. Um, I think because it's a good summary of the Buddha's teaching. But there's a teaching that goes even more to the core than that, and that's the Buddha's teaching on dependent origination. And that's what I'd like to talk about today. I know I've talked about it else, um, before elsewhere can't remember if I've talked about it here on Second Life, but it's always good to go over things again. So We take um, the Buddha's teaching in its entirety as a instruction in the practice of meditation, in observing reality and coming to understand it. So when you listen to me give a talk here, it's important that you're mimicking or or um, following after the example of pe the people who listen to the Buddha himself teach. And that is when they listen to the Buddha's teaching, they would also practice meditation. They would take it as, a, as, a, as an opportunity to look inside themselves and to apply the, the teachings as a reminder for how to approach reality. So here we can do the same. You don't have to look at your computer screen. You can close your eyes. If it helps you to keep on track to look at the screen, fine. But try to uh, try to really appreciate the teachings on a on a more practical level. Because in the time of the Buddha, many people, the example that they said is that they could gain states of realization during the time that they were listening to the Buddha's teaching simply by applying it and using it to calm the mind, to restrain the mind and calm the mind, and to eventually understand the workings of the mind. They could even enter into a state of enlightenment, um, go into the, uh, the realization of Nibbana and so on. 
So uh, take that as an example here. This teaching especially is, is an incredibly useful and practical teaching, the teaching on dependent origination. It's the most profound, I would say the most profound statement of reality that exists. I can't think of anything else that I've heard more profound, even within the Buddhist teaching. And for me, the most profound part is the very beginning of the teaching. And it's these um, three words in the Pali that really uh, brought light to the world. Before the uttering of these three words, avijja pajjaya sankara before the Buddha realized this, that avijja or ignorance is the cause that is is a cause for the arising of formations, or for with with ignorance as a cause, there arise formations. Anybody enlightened yet? <laughs> Probably not that easy. This is a profound teaching, and it's something that um, very difficult for us to understand. Very difficult to to comprehend this teaching, uh, and and it often goes over our heads. We think of it as um, some sort of philosophical teaching. Ignorance leads to formations. Formations here, just to explain the word formations. What we're talking about here is our mental formations, our ideas about things, our thoughts, what we think of something, our mental volition. When we want to hurt someone, when we want to get attain something, when we get angry, when we get greedy, when we get attached, addicted, when we're afraid or worried, and so on. All of these mental states that are a reaction to something, these arise, the Buddha said, based on ignorance. And this is really a profound teaching that, that deserves the full of our attention. If we can understand just this, just these three words, if we can realize this in our meditation practice, this is, this, this is the state of enlightenment that we're looking for. And the, the problem is that for most of us, we don't think this way when we get angry or when we become addicted to something, we say to ourselves or we say to other people, I know it's wrong. I know it's not good to get angry, but I can't help myself. I know it's not good to uh, to become addicted to you know, sweet foods or so on but I can't help myself. It's not that I don't know, it's that I'm unable to change it. I'm unable to avoid the, 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 the judging, the emotion. 
And the, so the Buddha denied this. He denied that this is the case. He taught the exact opposite. He said, no, you don't know. You don't know that it's wrong. You say, yes, I know that it's wrong. What you really mean is that someone told you that it's wrong. You don't like the results that come from it. But you don't really understand that it's wrong. This is how we approach everything in our lives. With ignorance. With a incredibly superficial awareness. You know, even imagine yourself, look at yourself, when you, how you're sitting right now. Listening to my talk. You're seeing things, you're hearing things, you're smelling, you're tasting, you're feeling, you're thinking. And all of this is happening very quickly. And every, when you see something, you immediately start to judge it, immediately start to assess it. This is beautiful, this is nice, or this is ugly, or this is uh, terrible, horrible, whatever it is. When you hear something... You immediately start to judge it. Maybe you like this, the birds in the background. Maybe they're too loud, too noisy. Maybe that repetitive cricket noise is driving you crazy. We don't really see and we don't really hear. We don't really understand the, the experience. And we don't really understand our reaction to the experience. When we see something, we think, I see. I'm seeing this and we think I like it, and we think it is good. We have all of these preconceived notions that are totally disconnected from the reality of the experience. They're generally bound up in our, our habits, our accustomed way of, of responding to things. We remember that certain things bring us pleasure, and so we we respond in that manner. We think something's going to bring make us happy, and it's a habitual habitual response. It's the response of of, of say an, an ordinary animal. So all we're trying to do in meditation is to look deeper at things. You know, when some when you're sitting here listening to the talk. Someone walks into the room and starts making loud noise. Right away you get angry at it. Or maybe there's a little kid making noises, yelling, pestering you in this, this or that, for this or that. And you right away get angry, get irritated. You can even get to the point where you, you want to yell at them. It's very quick. It's very easy to do that. And the only reason that you do it, it's not that you're a bad person, it's that you're ignorant. You don't really understand what happened. You weren't watching you weren't clear on the experience. You misunderstood it, and so you followed after it. You you reacted inappropriately, and you caused suffering for other people and for yourself. You feel guilty, you feel upset, you feel angry. So th th this is the most important point of the Buddha's teaching, is that ignorance is the cause of our reactions to things, our judgments, our improper um, reactions, our improper modes of behavior, modes of responding to the stimulus that, that come to us.
And so the Buddha tried to describe to us in his teaching what he what it was that he realized, the 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 detailed explanation of what's going on, so that when we practice meditation we can see things clearer. You know, the, you ask, well, okay, so I'm ignorant. What is it that I'm ignorant of? What is it that I don't understand? And the, the truth is, if you spend some time looking at reality, you'll see there's a lot that you don't understand. There's a lot that you weren't aware of. You'll see that if you just took the time to really see what's going on when this young child is pestering you, uh, when this uh, loud noise is bothering you, when it's too hot, when it's too cold, when you have pain in the body and so on. If you just took the time to look at it, you'd see there's so much more going on than you thought. And at the same time, the experience is so much less than you thought. There's nothing unpleasant about it at all. That we've got a totally wrong understanding of the experience. That surprisingly, there's nothing unpleasant about it at all. You can be in incredible pain. And when you really understand the pain, when you really see what's going on, it doesn't bother you at all. You, 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 you become surprised that you were ever upset by it in the first place. Yes, you, you say to yourself, you can't believe that you were addicted to this. And it's, it's a epiphany of sorts. That you suddenly realize that there's nothing wrong with reality. There's nothing wrong with the way things are. It is the way it is. What's wrong is, uh, is the way we respond, the way we, re we react to it. So the Buddha taught us to go into more detail and he explained what's, what's really going on. And this is in the rest of the, the, the exposition on the dependent origination. So to go through it in brief, what's really going on is that in, in the world, in the universe, in the ultimate reality, there are two things, there are two aspects of of experience and they're, they're sort of like two sides of the same coin um, they're distinct but they they're a pair and these are the physical and the mental that in in the universe all of our experience can be summed up under the physical and the mental when we see something, this is the light touching the eye. The eye is physical, the light is physical. When we hear something, this is the sound touching the ear, and these are both physical. Smells and the nose, tastes and the tongue, feelings in the body, these are all physical. And the, the mental side is the knowing of the object, the perception of it. When our mind is at the eye, then we see. When our mind is at the ear, then we hear. But sometimes the ear might be there and the sound might be there, but our mind is somewhere else and so we fail to hear the things that people say to us. 
it's difficult to see if you're not really focusing but sometimes when you're using the computer you can find that you're focusing so much on something that you don't hear someone talking to you you don't know what it was that they said and these things in and of themselves are not uh, not a problem obviously the, the the mind knows the the object the object arises the mind knows it but what happens next is there arises a feeling the body and the mind it comes together at the eye the ear the nose the tongue the body or the mind in the mind there's only the at thought there's only the mind but we have the body and the mind coming together or else just the mind thinking itself at the moment of experience there arises a feeling you can verify this when you see something if it's a good thing you you right away you feel happy about it and you can see this if you're if you're really focusing on it so for instance when we see something and we say to ourselves seeing 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 we we can catch when we feel happy about it or when we feel unhappy about it when we hear something hearing hearing we can catch the feeling that there there there's a feeling first there's a pleasant feeling or an unpleasant feeling or a neutral feeling And these feelings in and of themselves aren't a problem either. We, there, there's no, there's nothing inherently unwholesome about a, a happy feeling or an unhappy feeling. A pleasant or an unpleasant feeling, it's a physical response to a stimulus. And since we feel pain in the body, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing unpleasant about it and nothing unwholesome about it and, and by the same token there's nothing unwholesome about a pleasant feeling so many people when they when they hear that they're instructed to acknowledge the happy feelings they, they get the wrong impression that we're trying to do away with happiness that it's wrong to feel happiness and this isn't at all the case but we want to understand the happiness we want to see it for what it is because it's the feelings when unacknowledged when misunderstood if there's ignorance about the feeling that this is what's going to give rise to craving this is what gives rise to our likes and our dislikes This this teaching, if you haven't ever practiced meditation, it might seem quite foreign. It might seem quite um, even uninteresting. It's very difficult to understand. But this is an incredibly useful teaching when you're practicing meditation. Often meditators will be at a loss at, as to how to deal with strong emotions that come up. You know, when they really are attached to something or when they're really angry about something when they're really distracted and unfocused, when they're worried or stressed, depressed, bored, afraid, whatever. And they don't know how to deal with it. And, and 
what the Buddha is doing here is breaking that experience up. What happens when you're angry? What happens when you're uh, attached to something? And when you break it up, you can see that there's nothing really worth attaching to at all. When you feel happy, it's just a happy feeling. There's nothing positive or negative about it. It is what it is. And you can see that when you cling to it, when you say, this is good, you're not going to prolong it. You're just going to create a need for it, an attachment to it. It's not like you can say, oh, I like this, therefore it's going to stay longer. It's going to stay longer than if I didn't like it. Because it's exactly the case with negative emotions, that you can't make them go away just because you don't want them to be there. Negative experience doesn't disappear just because you want it to go. Positive experience doesn't stay just because you want it to stay. And we come to see this. We come to see the nature of these things is that they're impermanent. They're unsure, uncertain. They come and go according to their own nature, according to the causes and effects that created, uh, the causes that created them. And so you can pick any one of these parts, the 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 object of your desire or, or the object of your aversion. You can pick the feeling that it it gives rise to in, inside of you, and or you can pick the, the emotion that arises. The important thing is that you, you, you pick it apart and see it clearly, and you're focusing on something that's real. Because just saying, I'm addicted and that's, that's that and I can't stop myself isn't at all use, isn't useful in any way. To simply say that I'm an angry person also isn't useful. It's not really understanding what's happening. It's not seeing clearly what's going on. Once you can pick it apart, if you can catch yourself at the emotion, at the, at the feeling, if you feel pain or so on, Once you see it clearly, then there's no you find no reason to get upset about it. You instead of saying this is bad, this is painful, you just say this is this. This is what it is. When there's pain, you know that there's pain. When there's a pleasant feeling, instead of getting addicted to it, suppose it's good food or or a beautiful sight. You're simply aware that it is what it is. It's a it's a sight, and it's a happy feeling that arises. And you don't see any reason to become addicted or attached to it. It doesn't make it last, as I said. It doesn't do you any good, and all it does is lead to suffering when it's gone. Because the alternative is is to live our lives as we do, uh, as ordinary people uh, who are uninterested in, in mental development live their lives. Happy sometimes, miserable sometimes, even to the point where they try to kill themselves sometimes. Having to go through incredible stress and suffering because they don't understand the experience of, of reality in front of them. 
It's not because their situation, there's anything wrong with it. It's that they don't understand what's happening. They don't understand the nature of their experience. And so they attribute it to being me and mine, and, and, and they attribute the idea that it's uh, somehow should be forced and controlled and changed. And so we segregate reality into the good and the bad, the acceptable and the unacceptable. When actually all there is is the physical and the mental and the feelings that arise. The problem that comes is when we, when we react. The problem is not in the objects themselves. When we crave for something, when we need for something, when we require that things be other than what they are, or when we require that things stay the way they are and not change. Simply put, when we require things to be other than reality dictates, when reality dictates that things must change and we require that it to be otherwise, this is where suffering comes from. We cling to it. We say that it must be. We require it to be other than this. We're not satisfied the way things are. We have to go and seek out more. We don't understand and see it for what it is. We think um, it's unpleasant or it's, it's bad. Or we think that this is going to make me happy if I can just attain this, get this or that object. And so we cling, we, we refuse to accept change, we refuse to accept things the way they are. And this is what gives rise to suffering, this is what um, sets us on a cycle of addiction or, or obsession, this may be a better word, needing it to be like this, needing it not to be like that. and the suffering that comes when it's not the way we want it to be. We don't see this in ordinary everyday life. We don't see this when we're not observing, when we're not meditating. All we see is the suffering that comes from things not being the way we want. Even right now, I'm sure there's um, many things going on in your experience that are unpleasant, you know, you're trying to change them. And sitting here, maybe it's too hot, maybe it's too cold. Maybe the seat is too hard and you have to shift your position. Maybe you don't like what I'm saying and it makes you upset and gives you a headache or so on. And, and It's our inability to see these things clearly, to see what's really going on that leads us to uh, obsession and, and to suffering. Once we look at it, we, we, we see how amazing reality really is and how amazing mindfulness really is. Simply 
seeing things for what they are, understanding things for what they are. In a moment, you can do away with any suffering that arises. You feel you feel stressed. Well, you focus on the stress. Just penetrate into it. What's going on here? What's happening? What does it mean to say, I am stressed, I'm upset? Where's the I? Where's the stress? What's really going on? And you just say to yourself, stress, 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 keeping your mind with it and seeing it simply for what it is. You realize there is no I involved. There's only a feeling of stress that arises. And you see that there's nothing intrinsically wrong with this tense state. It is what it is. It's something that's arisen. And after some time will disappear. When you want something or when you're angry about something, whatever the emotion is, whatever is causing you stress and suffering, whatever is getting in the way of your clear understanding, your 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 peace, your your peaceful harmony with reality. You you penetrate into it, you see it for what it is. You see that there's many things going on. You have happy feelings, you have ang negative, fe uh, unpleasant feelings. You have these states of greed and anger. And they come and they go. And when you can see and understand these things, then you can say to yourself, I know it's wrong and that's why I don't do it. You'll never say to yourself again, I know it's wrong and but I still do it you come to realize that you really don't know what's wrong with it. You really don't know the true nature of the experience and why it's wrong to get angry. Because when you really know that it's wrong to get angry or greedy or so on, you won't do it. When you know that it's wrong to carry out some behavior, when you truly have vicha or knowledge, understand the situation, you'll never cause suffering for yourself again. So that was the teaching that I thought to discuss today. I hope that was uh, useful for some people, sort of as a guide for where you should be going in your meditation. Um, thanks for every, to everyone for coming, and if you have any questions, I'm happy to take them now.